my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm your host, Will Meldman, with my amazing co-host, as always, Brock O'Hearn. What's going on? How you doing, Brock? Good. A little, uh, little tight squeeze in here, but I'm good. Yeah, yeah. We are live from Los Angeles Comic-Con. It is crazy here. The energy is great. Everything's amazing. And we are sitting with not only a world champion and a Hollywood actor... It is Quentin Rampage Jackson. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, this, uh, you said this wasn't your first Comic-Con, right? You've been to a different Comic-Con? Yeah, before? I've been to a couple different Comic-Cons. I think I've yeah. been to one in San Diego a couple times and one in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah? The big ones. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. LA is like, it's a little smaller, but it's kind of, it's great for vendors because like you get a little more attention and you, you kind of like... San Diego, you can kind of get lost in the crowd a bit, right? It's so big. Yeah. Yeah. What, what happened to your, your costume, though? I thought you were going to dress up. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I dressed up as hood. <laughs> uh, there, there you go. That's, that's yeah. who I am today. Well, I, I, I'm just sweater. <laughs> yeah, feel, feel free to call me by my costume name, to, my character's name today. Yeah, you know, yeah well, free. you know, we'll get to that later, you know. Feel free. <laughs> or never. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time. Uh, uh, we were connected through a good friend who is – Trying to hide, but not doing a very good job over here in the back lens. I got to call it out now because <laughs> like, why is there a chick on the bed? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey yeah. that's what it's supposed to be sometimes. Sorry. A former Studio 22 legend, Lens. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on again in this, in this way. It was great. Um, 
But yeah, man, we want to talk to you about a couple things. Uh, uh, your career has been amazing, dude. Your your acting career has been awesome. I know, uh, obviously, since even the A team, we saw you in the A team is freaking. But just everything you've been doing is really cool. And uh, kind of like where you got started. Like when did when did uh, you fighting first get introduced to you? Was it through wrestling or, or what was the first introduction? Oh yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I wrestled a little bit. Then I went to college wrestling. Then I got injured, and I went back home to my hometown. And and one of my um, team, uh, uh, oh like. The guy I used to wrestle against us in high school. His coach and my coach was best friends, so we end up having, uh, uh, you know, to wrestle each other all the time. We was like the best wrestlers in, in Memphis. We become friends, and um, he he was fighting. He started fighting, and he wanted me to help him um, train for a fight. So I started helping him train for a fight, and um, they told me like, you know what, the the champion of Memphis, uh, his uh, he got nobody to fight. His opponent pulled out with three days' notice. And I was like. I was like, uh, you know, I ain't never fought before. I don't know. And he was like, uh, I remember him like maybe a month or two earlier. He took me to um, an MMA fight, my first time ever going to an MMA fight. And I saw this guy put a guy in the arm bar. After he submitted the guy, he put his foot in the guy's face and pushed him off. I said, oh, man, that guy's a dick. I'd like to kick his ass one day. So he told me, he said, yeah, you remember the guy who you said was a dick? <laughs> that's the guy. Oh, that's I was like, okay, I came back down now. Yeah, I'm getting a chance. I'm getting a chance. So three days notice, they put me in there with the champion. I beat him by decision. Wow. And they was like, oh, you a fighter now. So I was like, okay. And I started training with um, Jeff Mullen um, out of Memphis. Um, he's um, Now he's like one of the head commissioners or whatever you call him in, of of. Um, the athletic commission or something. Oh, and wow. he he um he's a man. He even my first trainer and um the guy that started me to fight. I'm no longer friends with him now. He ended up screwing me over in the gym years later. I have no idea why. But um he moved to California to start training with Fabiano Eha. That he, you know he met him at, at UFC like UFC like 13 or something or UFC 20 or something like that. Damn. He met him. He met him. He met him then and it was all she wrote. I moved out to California. Started training, had a couple of amateur fights, so I had like uh, two or three amateur fights, and I went straight pro. Was that a big transition from wrestling to MMA? Was that hard for you, easy for you? You know what? I grew up fighting. I liked I liked fighting. I I, I really did like fighting. I was never the type of guy that would start a fight, but if somebody started a fight with me or one of my friends, I would try to finish it. So I I, I loved fighting, and and but I learned how much I did know once I once I started like. Yeah getting in there with actual athletes that knew how to throw a punch. I didn't know anything. I just knew yeah. how to wrestle. I like picking people up and slamming them. So it was kind of hard at first. I, I learned jiu-jitsu first. So oh, I had wow. wrestling and jiu-jitsu first. And so I was just doing that, and I was just going off instinct. That's I awesome. Mean, what a great two modalities to start with, though, man. Once you get somebody to the ground, it's a whole other ballgame. So to start off with your wrestling background and then moving to jiu-jitsu, it's like, right. that, yeah. that's hard to mess with. Yeah, I think, that's yeah. The, I think that for me, that was the um, – my opinion is, if I'm going to tell somebody that that's, that's never trained martial arts before and they want to be a fighter and they're young, I'll be like, start with wrestling and then take jujitsu, then take Muay Thai, then take boxing, because yeah. that's the route that I took and I and I meshed it all together well and, and it took me to a championship. That's like a very interesting part of MMA. I think is like. In football, you have one technique, essentially, and you learn how to play the game depending on your position. With MMA, like you said, it's not only what fighting styles you learn in what country or where, it, you know, the country of origin from it, but it's also, like, when the sequence of learning it. And, like, that's 
it just sounds like an unstoppable warrior, like jujitsu and wrestling. Like it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a good combo. It's a good it's a good combo. Yeah, was there so there's you know there's a couple different uh, uh, places you got UFC, you got Bellator, you got Pride. Uh, are there any differences between that you prefer over the other with any of those? Uh... Well, if I'm if I'm gonna keep it 100, I enjoyed fighting in Pride more because of the fans and the energy. You can hear your corner man and stuff like that. And in Japan, when I was fighting, back in the day when I was fighting, uh, MMA was really big. It was really big. It was, you know how big MMA is here now? It it was, yeah. back in the day when I was fighting, it was bigger than it is here now Damn. in Japan. It died down a lot. But in Japan, we even had groupies. MMA really? had MMA fighters had groupies in, in in America. Maybe there might be groupies now, but I'm not in the scene like that no more. So I don't know, because still compared to Japan, not that many women really watch fighting. Yeah. But in Japan, you could basically go somewhere to a restaurant, or you can go somewhere outside of fighting to a bar, and some women would know who you are, like hot women. I felt like a maybe like a basketball player feel here now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And coming to America and fighting the UFC, I made more money and everything, and and. And it was just different, like I uh, had more fans, like, you know, you, I had less privacy. Because when I was fighting in Japan, I loved it. I can be in Japan, be like a rock star there, you know, get away with a whole lot of stuff. Because <laughs> the police let you get away with a whole lot of stuff when you're a fighter and stuff. There. I used nice. to, you know, I'm, a, I was, I'm a big kid. I used to, I don't do nothing illegal, but it was probably like stuff I shouldn't have done. Like borrowing people motorcycles and going down the street and, you know what I'm saying, yeah. the, with no license or no helmet or nothing, you know. Right. And... and here I come back, come back home, and no one knew who I was. Only the hardcore MMA fans. So I still had my privacy. I still can go out and do what I want. And then once I fought in the UFC, I, I made more money, but then I had less privacy. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't really go anywhere without you know people asking for pictures or while I'm trying to eat or with my kids or with my friends or or whatever. So I I, I like I liked fighting in Japan better, but you know I was I got more successful here in America. Um. Was there a, a struggle between balance and work life and family life and all that too during during that whole like through your rise and you know even today and everything? Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but when I was fighting in Japan, I was a single parent. I had a, um, I had my I got my oldest son when he was three years old, and his mom was like a deadbeat, like bad. Like I, I he was a college baby. You know, I made him when I was in college, and then I went back home, and you know, I had I had to you know step up for my my responsibilities, but when I picked him up from his grandmother, the boy was three years old, still on a bottle and wearing pampers. At oh, wow. three, at three yeah. years old, he was a he's a he was a big kid. His grandfather on his mother side, mother side is a big dude. So my son came out, you know, he's like a big kid. So he's three years old, looked like he's like five or six years old wearing yeah. pampers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that was really hard to 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 do that because when I when I had to go fight in Japan, I had to be gone for for at least five or six days, seven days. So I would have to ask some of my teammates or someone to um, to babysit them. So I remember I started dating this girl just to, uh, you know, I had put up with, I put up with so much of her crap just so I could have somebody that I trusted to, to watch my son. And then it, it, I remember it being really hard, but I got really smart. I said, you know what? It's hard being a single dad out here and still trying to fight. So I dated five girls at the same time to see which one I was going to marry to be to be a stepmom. And yeah. I and I and I and I let my son help me choose which one he wanted. So I started dating this girl from Japan, and she came over. My and I and I noticed I didn't have to ask her to do anything. She just she just helped me out and do it and do all the stuff. And my son liked her and stuff. And then one day I was fighting for the for the belt in Japan, and I and uh, 
and I, I was winning. It was Vanellie Silva. I was winning the fight, but then he oh, ended yeah. up knocking me out. Yeah. And she was like, you know what? If 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 I move to America and help you with your son, and you don't have to, you know, take care of him, I think you could be champion. If I would have won that fight, I would have been the youngest champion in MMA history. Oh wow! Damn. Damn. Yeah, but I lost. But then she moved. She left everything and moved to America to help me um, raise my son. Yeah, I mean that's you know certainly commendable to try to you know have a partner in raising a son and you know having that female energy around for him and you know having another person there absolutely um you know it's it's almost like in LA right now you know I ultimately like want to get married and have kids and do all that right so what do you have to do in order to do that well you got to go on a lot of dates and you got to you know figure all that out and then you kind of get some judgment for going on all these dates but it's like well, why do you think I'm doing it, right? Like, I'm right. not doing it just to do it. I'm doing it for a purpose. So that right. kind of reminded me a bit of that with, obviously, less stakes. There's no right. child involved, but... Right. Um, are, are, are you married yet? Not yet, and not yet. Are you, you have a girlfriend? Um, yeah, currently currently a girlfriend, but... Um, How long you guys been together? Not long at all. Like, so, it's barely... Oh, so don't let your girlfriend stop you from finding your soulmate. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's, like, it's like an interview, like... like Marriage is so scary for for men of these days because look at the divorce rate and, and women yeah. women don't understand it. Like when I say women, I'm not talking about 100 percent of women because you know how some how some women are like not all women when you say that. Yeah, but sure. You know we dealing with that, but uh, a lot of women don't understand how scary it is for 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 marriage for for a man. You know yeah. they they think like we have commitment issues and it's not that. It's like we hear the horror stories. How many times have you guys? Heard the horror stories about the man divorcing the woman, taking all this crap, yeah, yeah, and, and being petty. I, I, yeah. I, I went through that. Um, the, the, the Japanese woman that that I married, I thought that she was perfect, and and my my mom and my sister saw how she like catered towards me and everything, and they had a problems with it because my mom is a real bad feminist, mm. and my sister the same way, and she saw that. Um, you know, one one time, I asked my my ex wife, I was like, um, "Can I have a glass of water?" And she was pregnant with my youngest son, and she ran to the kitchen and got it, and ran back and gave it to me. And I didn't ask her to run or anything. And my mom was like, "Why you got her running to the kitchen while she pregnant?" I said, "I ain't got her doing anything. I just asked her for yeah. a, a, a cup of water." Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? She said, "Well, you should get up and get the water and stuff yourself. Why you can't get it yourself?" I said, "Mom, you mind your own business. That's why I ain't married no black woman. You chill the fuck out, Mama." I had to tell her. I said, "You know, she a housewife. That's what she do." I. I yeah. go out and I train and I and I fight and I, and I pay for everything and like she don't gotta want for nothing. All she gotta do is take care of the house and that's what she wanted to do. That's 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 how it is in her culture. Yep. And I'm like, don't come over here messing anything up. And yeah. then my mom got in her ear, messed everything up. But then I actually found out that um, I had another uh, kid that she really didn't know about. I really didn't know he was mine. He was like an illegitimate kid, just like my 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 oldest. Y'all know how it is. Y'all know yeah, how it yeah. is. I had I had two college babies. Yeah. One was while I was there. <laughs> one's eight months younger than yeah. the other one. So, oh, okay. so he he was like a maybe. I didn't know he was mine. I got the yeah. DNA test. He was mine. So I had to get custody of him. And my ex wife was like, "No, nah, my parents ain't gonna they ain't gonna let this fly." So, oh, damn. and she listened to my mom. So damn, I'm she left, and now now I'm stuck being a single parent again with with two kids with two, yeah. while I'm fighting over in Japan. Yeah, it's all because of my mama. Damn, mom. Yeah, no, we. I have that in my family too, man. I found out when I was fifteen. I have a. I had an older brother, 
he was a twin. One of the twins passed away, but he's three months older than my older sister. Wow. Yeah. And so we find out when I was 15, it was kind of a, you know, crazy. Uh, his life took a whole different turn because she ended up marrying a different guy that she thought it was. And then he went that way. And then when they met my dad, he looked just like him, acted just like him, you know. Wow. Oh, married someone they because. Married, yeah. They, they obviously, they, he, he was with my mom, hooked up with another woman, right? Had a baby with that woman. We didn't know until we were, until I was 15. So oh, my sister was 16, wow. 16, 17. Um, it just goes like that sometimes, though, man. Yeah. Are you cool with him now? I mean, I've only, I've only met him twice, yeah, so I haven't heard from him since. But why, but, man? It's your blood, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just he, it's it's some stuff happened, but uh, you know, I think he was fine himself, and you know, went on his path, and he did his thing. So I, yeah, I, I respect it. You know, your papa was a Rolling Stone. Yeah, he, he was a he was a Rolling nightmare. I don't know what you want to call that guy, but he was a he was an animal, man. You might uh, got more siblings out there that you don't know, huh? Oh, there's like I think there's like nine of us. God damn! Yeah. yeah. Does your dad have a TV? No, apparently not, man. Wow. Apparently not. How many kids you got? I got none. You got nine? None. Oh, I, oh. That, that I know of. Uh, how old are you? Thirty-two. Are oh, you young? How, how old are yeah. you? Uh, Thirty-three. Oh damn! Y'all young as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. But we, again, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been I've had a lot of divorces in the fam for sure. And then, a, and kind of a, I have a half brother who's ten right now, who I love like more than anything. But it's kind of cool because I get like, it's almost like the cool uncle slash dad relationship with him, right? Um, big brother, cool uncle. Yeah. But but yeah, divorce is always really really tricky. And yeah, it's scary. We have bro. a lot of them. In it's, the it's scary. Yeah. It's scary for the men. Yeah, and that's it too. You, sometimes you come from family dynamics that tell you to be one way, right? And then they teach you to be one way. It doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing, or or it's maybe it's not the right thing for you, right? So you found a woman that you thought was perfect for you, that yeah. was great, that could provide for you the way you needed, you wanted, and then family comes in and tells you something different, you know? Yeah. So for me, that's like the same thing uh, of. Uh, what I was taught versus what I know is best for me. And so I had to unlearn some of these things so I can go out and find, if I do find a good partner, you know, it's, it's someone that matches me and what I have to offer and vice versa. And, but man, like, um, I'm just thinking about, you know, your son uh, and you as a single father and then going through the career that you've had, man, him growing up watching you fight in, uh, uh, how is it, how, how, how do you think it is for him seeing you have the career you have and, and the path you have, you know, is he taking after you or is he, you know, is he, well, well, my oldest son um, uh, is uh, he's albino, so he he can't he can't he couldn't play any. The doctor said we shouldn't put him in any full contact sports. He was good oh, at basketball, wow. but he couldn't play football. He he was he he grew up playing flag football, but um, he couldn't go into fight nowhere. I could let him, but mm. you know when I was a single parent, I used to have to let him come to the gym with me, and my teammates were, were, was training him behind my back. I didn't want him doing it. And he turned out to be really good, like a really good technician at Muay Thai and stuff like that. Mm. They'll train him like while I was out running or while I was doing something else and I wasn't paying attention and they'd be training him and he learned really fast. And then my other son, I got custody of him when he was six and he grew up and I and I didn't take I didn't put him in a wrestling or nothing because now I'm I'm a single dad. I had to get a nanny and stuff like that. And it was it was just challenging for the the nanny that I chose because I learned something in uh when, with my older son that I had to really trust it. The person and the nanny I, I I had for him, I thought I trusted her. It was my 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 um, cousin's girlfriend, but she she just wasn't she just wasn't down to, to take him to put him in any sports. You know she you know she was doing it to help me out. I paid her, but she had her own career and stuff. So I didn't put him in put them in any any sports, you know, like wrestling or nothing like that. But when he grew up, you know, um, they they kicked out the nanny. They got like fifteen. They said, oh, we don't want a nanny no more. We mm. we we. Oh, we'll take care of ourselves. And then he started wrestling at school. 
and stuff. And um, he got pretty good. And and um, my second son, his name is Roger. He started he started um, fighting, and he was undefeated as an amateur. And wow. and and then he he just wouldn't take any advice from me. He won't he won't listen to me. Really? He, yeah. He want to be vegan. And I was like, son, you can't be vegan and fight. You just can't do it. Yeah. And 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 he want to take mushrooms and do all this stuff. I don't know much about drugs and stuff like that. He was like, oh, it helps me. I'm like, okay, whatever. And he didn't, you know, his first pro fight. He didn't want to get his weight. He didn't want to get his weight down. Like I told him. And every everything I asked him, he did the exact opposite. I guess he felt like he didn't want to be in my footsteps and my mm. shadows or whatever, yeah, something yeah. like that. So I was like, all right, son, you know, do it yourself. But he has a really good coach. His coach is um, Antonio McKee. And Antonio McKee, uh, for people that don't don't know him, he's, um, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, he's like one of the best MMA coaches. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, because his son was only been trained by him, and his son been doing this since, you know, he was like a little kid, three years old. His son was undefeated all the way up to he got cheated, but he, his son's like never, never – truly been beat and the son is like a future you know go to the sport and Antonio McKee is a really good coach that's what my son is. Yeah. and so I, I hope he at least listens to his his coach and right I hope he has a good career but you know I'm gonna take a step back he's the only kid that um followed my footsteps my two Japanese kids they're like um they're they're like really smart kids uh they got that from me of course yeah, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. yeah, straight A students. My, they nice. play basketball, but my youngest son, he's more of a scholar than an athlete. He looks like Tiger Woods. So I, oh, I, yeah. I wanted to put him in, in golf. Yeah, man. But he won't even dress up like Tiger Woods on on Halloween. He don't want nothing to do with it. We my, we got some golf courses and some pros he could uh, train with for well, sure. I would, is, he's 18. Is it too late for him? No. No, not no. at all. I started yeah. four months ago, man. <laughs> and you yeah. doing good? I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. Oh, that's good. I was this close to home one last week. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I yeah. suck at golf. I suck. It's a tough oh, sport, dude. Yeah, you just have fun with it, yeah. though, right? Yeah, like yeah. you know. Yeah, I try. But it's more about just having fun too. But then it really just comes down. It's a mental game too, right? But it's the. Te- I think it's a lot. So much the technique, and when you start to get that mechanics down, yeah, uh, you really start learning. But someone who's yeah, eighteen, man, like that's a great time. Especially the thing is, is a golf to me growing up has never been like a tr- it's never been sexy. You know, it's never been attractive to someone who's like a young adult. Yeah, young I was man, playing right? football and lacrosse during golf season, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like. But now I think golf exactly golf is becoming cool. You know, like yeah. uh, and and because first, of Tiger and Ricky Fowler and that young guys, Justin yeah. Thomas, that yeah. younger generation. But also like discovery, you know, like uh, first time I ever played golf was in golf was in board shorts on the beach. Oh, no yeah. I'm like, dude, no shoes, no shirt. You know, like this is I'm like, this is amazing. You know, I didn't know all the other places you had to go button up super prim and proper and yeah. like. I, I bet you. I bet you he always have his shirt off. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody gave can, what, what camera can see? Somebody gave me a, a, a damn cup. Gave you? I saw you went straight to that. You grabbed it, man. You said you're thirsty. That's the one you grabbed, man. What are you talking about? I see we have liars in this studio. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm yeah. on Rampage's side. <laughs> yeah, you're smart. You're smart. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, it's just – and it, it comes down to that, too, you know? Like, uh, I think just following – doing what you love. At yeah. the end of the day, you know, we got to – life is short. It's never – tomorrow's not promised, right? But, like, I only do things that I'm passionate about now, you know? And, and I, I grew up in a – really chaotic in weird way that there was no consistency i switched high schools nine times Damn. yeah middle school six times or something six seven times and then well, you, same did, thing, you kept getting kicked out for, for being ugly yeah that was it bro <laughs> i was getting too tall to fit in the seats and there's all kinds of weird stuff was happening bro well yeah, yeah moved a lot moved a lot yeah and then parents were divorced and then it's kind of going back and forth everywhere but the one thing i had which is why i moved into acting was i i got into working out i was super skinny got made fun of i was bullied a lot um 
so I started working out and then it was movies since I was a kid movies I could take anywhere you know so that's why I kind of went into or that is why I went into uh, uh, film and TV but at the end of the day it's like making movies doing this podcast I like connecting with people talking to people right learning from people it's one of, one of my one of my favorite things the comic book we're building our own universe you know it's like everything that I do or I touch fitness too you know I got a fitness app and stuff like that oh, I'll take my shirt off too much um, <laughs> but it's it's things that I love, you know, and yeah. I think like if you do that, you don't really get burnt out on it, you know. Right, it's not work. Yeah, yeah, it's not work if you doing yeah. stuff that you're passionate about, Hell stuff yeah. you, that you love. Yeah, I need to yeah. find something that I'm that I'm passionate about. I still love fighting, you know. I'm trying to get into boxing because um, 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 out in Saudi Arabia, they really getting behind the sports and stuff, yeah. and and they really like taking care of the boxers and stuff out right there. Yeah. So I want to have like a few boxing matches before I oh, before wow. I get older. Yeah, I'm like ten years older than both of you guys, so. I, I, still I got young, short, yeah, that's still young, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but but not for doing full contact though. So yeah. I want to do a couple of boxing matches before I get too old, and then after that, I I think I'm gonna find something that I'm passionate about to to go. I like inventing things, so I, I, I yeah, I like to be passionate about stuff. I I like seeing my creation out there in the world somehow. Hell yeah, that's I mean, cool, that definitely, was... it'd be fun to partner on something like that. Would you ever consider doing like a, uh, you know, like a big spectacle fight with like one of the Paul brothers or something. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening yeah but i i, I have to lose like almost 100 pounds to fight one of them guys oh really <laughs> yeah it's like oh, okay. it's like him fighting one how much yeah, you weigh yeah about 260 yeah we about the same yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah yeah, yeah those, i didn't really think about yeah that. those guys they're like <laughs> one, 160 170 it's actually pretty pretty uh slim Listen, I, yeah. I wouldn't back down but i, I wouldn't be jumping in line to fight you so <laughs> we should not, do not yeah, the same bro yeah, yeah, yeah we should do we should do if we can get I big spar. money yeah yeah we could do yeah, yeah oh me and you it. all right okay yeah. well you know I, what? I could be the ref i could yeah, be the yeah, ref. That'd sure. be cool. yeah he got knocked out before rampage <laughs> even touched him it's crazy <laughs> yeah i'm no, down but, i'm down i'm down with that no speaking, yeah. speaking of boxing i saw uh you were just with mike tyson oh yeah yeah how was that yeah it was cool hey mike tyson is Man, he's a hero of mine. Yeah, man. Yeah, that guy is—he's so, so cool, so down to earth. Like, like you—you you would think that when he when he show up, he'd come with a big entourage. He, he showed up to the podcast by himself. Yeah, just kicking with everybody, talking. And my my boxing coach is from England, and he was here. And and um, my boxing coach uh, races pigeons, and he know Mike Tyson oh, like yeah. pigeons. So oh, they, yeah. So we had to prime prime away from each other so we get the podcast going. They were talking about pigeons the whole time. Oh, that's oh no way. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was the episode fun. Did you guys. Yeah, yeah, the episode episode's fun. You know, you know, you learn a lot of you learn a lot about him, and you know some of the stuff, some of the stories and stuff that we we've heard before because you know Mike Tyson's so yeah, famous. Yeah. You know, he do so many interviews and stuff like that. But it was good, you know, getting to know him. Yeah, yeah, man. We we uh, met him uh, not too long ago, and and you know had a had a really fun night with him. And dude, I was like, it just felt like I was sitting with some like Aristotle at some point, you know. But he was also a warrior man like this guy he's got something in his eyes where like he, he can be so chill so cool and he gets so deep you know mentally and philosophically but at the same time it's like he's got a predator in him yeah he's got something that i'm like there's something there that there's no fear there's no like he knows if he walks in if, if he walked into comic-con and he had to fight his way out he knew he, he knows he's getting out yeah against everybody you know yeah, like it is something it's something to him i you, i just can't put my finger on it but uh you know the guy, he's 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 next level, and even at at his age, I, if I'm 45, he got to be at least close to 55. I'm sure he's over yeah, about 10, 10 years. 60, yeah. No, he's not 60. He's, not 60. he's in he's his younger. 50s. I think he's yeah. at least 10 years older than me. Because you remember, yeah. if you guys remember when he first turned pro and and was going, he was only 18. So oh, he was yeah. young. So he was yeah. young. He was like the youngest heavyweight ever. Yeah. And so he's he's not that much older than me, but he still has it. I, I he still has it at his age. Most people. The first thing you lose is your speed, right? And the power is the last thing. But he still has his speed, yeah. And he just—he's just a different animal. I—I I, I knew something was different about Mike Tyson. And one time I saw a clip of him, uh, this woman blindfolded him and had him oh, throw darts. darts. You saw that? Oh, I'm like yeah. What was? He threw two bullseyes, maybe three, but two blindfolded back to back. Really? Yeah. 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 First try. Holy yeah. crap! On live I've never TV. Never even like yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he he I can't remember if he said something. He said something like he, he you don't use he's not using his eyes to see or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, like he's, a Jedi. He's Whoa. he's on he's he's on he's on another level. I don't I don't think we will ever see anybody close to what Mike Tyson was in yeah. boxing. And I kind of wanted to ask him some more like detailed questions, but that podcast um, is like four of us 
mm. sitting there talking and then then one one guest. So it's like five people talking. So sometimes, you know, things get away from you. But I, I, I wanted to ask him like I can tell like just by watching him after Casam Casamato, that's his name. Mm. His his, uh, his coach, Casamato or something yeah. like that. Yeah. After he passed away, Mike Tyson changed. Mm. He wasn't the same. He wasn't the same person anymore. And I think that was his only downfall in his career. Like you got nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. But I felt like Casamato like was knew how to keep him on a straight and narrow. Yeah. And then after that you just see It was like a dad to him, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was only like a matter of time. So I think that if Casamato was a little bit younger and lived uh, I think Mike Tyson would have went went on uh, undefeated. He would have been like Floyd Mayweather. Mm, that's yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm with this new energy drink called um F three. It's um F3. it's it's um it's a healthy energy drink. Like everything about it is healthy. The the, yeah. the guy who who um started it, he um he comes from the uh the mental uh health background. Like his nice. sis, his mm. sister is uh, uh what do you call it, artistic. Okay. So he dropped out of school to take care of his sister. And then he was like, Man, if my sister needs all this, think about all the other people that needs all this help, right? Yeah. So what he did was he he started schools for like autistic kids and stuff like that, and, wow. and um, families don't even have to pay for it because somehow he's just a real smart guy. He got it to where the um, state or whoever has, yeah, has okay. to pay for it. It's like a, a private school or something. So the guy got very successful in that, and then he was an MMA fan. He was training MMA and stuff. I think he had like one amateur fight or so. I don't know. Then he started getting married, got married, and his mm -hmm. wife didn't want him to do it. So he went into yeah. business. So yeah. he got he got real successful, and so he started his own fight league called uh, UFL United Fight League, right? And he's this guy's such a good guy, smart guy. This is why I like doing business with him. His name Harrison Rogers, by the way. This guy decides to give fighters benefits. Mm. So in his show, really, yeah. So in his, it's the first MMA show ever to offer fighters benefits. You get health insurance, life insurance, and you. And you get a uh, you get shares in the company if you sign like a you know if you sign a like the, if you sign like a multi deal contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not just gonna get it away for somebody to fight yeah, one yeah. time. But if you sign with the company and you with the company, then yeah. you own a piece of the company. And, and Hell yeah. I think that's I think that's um I think that's brilliant because yeah. now if you if you um own a piece of the company, you're gonna want to promote it better. Yep. So yep. so he started the you're energy. Invested. Yeah, you invested. So he said, you know what? I don't. I know it's going to take a long time for this MMA company to get up because you got so much competition out there. So I'm gonna start an energy drink to to so the fighters can have more shares and make more money. Mm. So that was his reason behind the start a healthy energy drink that fighters could drink, anybody could drink, kids can drink it. Wow! And he put like a lot of different um, supplements and stuff in there, like ginkgo biloba and oh yeah, and a lot of different stuff. You know, I I can't name them all. And, and it's working. It's growing fast. So I co-founded this company, Recover 180. Um, it's like a healthy electrolyte beverage. I think it was back in probably like eight years ago. Um, but it's similar concept. It's not energy, but it's it's more hydration and but, um, but fighters can, electrolytes. Fighters can use this after they weigh in, huh? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Can it be like the, uh, you know, exactly. you know fighters use, they use Pedialyte. Yep. This we're, this yeah. is, we're a better tasting yeah. uh, Pedialyte, essentially. You mind, you mind if I get some of this later? You got some? I'd love to give yeah. you some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to. I want to try it out. We and, can. Uh, we can ship them to your house too. All right. Like, yeah, super yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah, I want. Yeah, because this, this is uh, this is really needed because um, studies have been coming out that that when you get de dehydrated, water alone does not help no, you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've yeah, been looking yeah, to, which yeah. is how this was all manifested. This, this whole thing was made. Is is that? And so it's all organic. I think it was reformulated recently, made even better. 
repackaged, reformulated. Yeah, yeah we're doing like a big rebrand. Uh, raised a little bit more money too, and we're kind of giving it a big push and and doing like a whole big thing now. Yeah, um, yeah we could talk talk oh, about it more yeah, yeah. later for sure. But yeah. it's um, I just it's good for it's a yeah. multifunctional. Uh, one thing about out there, like a lot of people, you know, who go out drinking and stuff, and you know how you feel like crap the next morning, you get a hangover, dude. Yeah, it's because you dehydrated. When we started Casamigos Tequila, we're like, oh well, now we have a a thing for uh, after that as well, you know. Oh, you guys, yeah. you guys started that, that tequila. Yeah, my my father was one of the original founders with George and Randy back in the day. So um, he's, but he's kind of like the silent third partner because oh. they're so much like in the public eye and more frontward facing. But he was kind of more involved on the business side, like on the you know. Yeah, I heard that's a real really good tequila. I'm not a tequila person because it's like I feel like I, I feel like it's too strong i'm a weak sauce when it comes to liquor oh really yeah but um since since um thursday i actually gave up drinking yeah i'm giving it up i got i got super drunk in vegas and got robbed by a stripper oh you're joking no real talk (laughs) you're joking no real talk she she got me for like almost uh close to two hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff she she stole my whole suitcase Ah, I got I got super drunk and you know hanging out in Vegas and is it, and met a girl at the bar at the, at the Cosmo just you know yeah. drinking and she, and people said oh maybe she she drugged you no no she didn't drug me like sometimes if I get that drunk I will pass out yeah you're just asleep or something I, yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. I just I just passed out I don't is did you get any of it back do you have any no. idea who this chick is like is there any way to find her my my manager um uh, I got a man uh I got one of the best managers in MMA his name's Tiki Gosson he's really close friends with um Dana White right oh hell yeah so what he did was he hit up one of Dana's like security like uh, bodyguard team or something and they're like vice in um Vegas yeah. yeah yeah and so they're like detectives and stuff like that they I, I, I gave them the only thing I had was uh her Instagram she blocked me but you can still see oh that's stuff. good and that's they good. found her just from that and she's in she's in she's in jail but she had already sold my shit she <sighs> she went to a rap studio and stuff like that and, and um she sold it to some rapper and some and some other social famous chick or something like that, and so the detectives they working on it now, trying to get my stuff back. But yeah. That's, I don't know, I don't know. You got her, yeah. But I don't. She had already sold my stuff though, so yeah, I don't know if. Oh stuff right, like, right. So hopefully I can get my stuff back. Yeah, because yeah. the watch, uh, it was a watch, it was an AP, you know, like Audemars, yeah, uh, yeah. Royal Oak. Is that an AP right there? No, it's not. This is a different different company, but yeah, oh, it yeah, looks yeah. close. though. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I like, one, I love the AP. Yeah, it was. That watch alone was worth one hundred and ten grand. Yeah. And like a couple of, and it just had sentimental value. Yeah, of course. That and yeah, my, my, my bracelet too, yeah. had a sentimental value. And but well, I had my um I think this jacket is cursed. I had this jacket I just got back. It was uh from Bellat from the Bellator heavyweight tournament that I lost. And I had an assistant that took it to the cleaners and it got lost for a long time. Then one of my coaches, his name is Sean Rez, he's like a fitness guy, look kinda of like him, but smaller. He lived next door to to uh, uh the cleaners that owned it. So he had my jacket for years. He he just he knew he knew my name, knew what it was. He didn't want to throw it away or whatever they do. He leaves stuff at cleaners. He saw his neighbor posting stuff, me him working out. He said, "Hey man, I got your I got your friend's jacket." So my coach gave me my jacket back after seven years, and this is my first time wearing it, taking taking it out. No I was, going, I was way. and I was going to wear it on the on the podcast with Mike Tyson, but I decided to go with a different outfit. But anyway, I had it all in my suitcase. When I knew that the stripper was coming up to my room. I locked everything up in my suitcase. I should have put it in the, put my jewelry and stuff in the safe, but I, I was drunk. I wasn't thinking. I had one of those locks on my thing. I said, like, ah, nobody's going to steal your whole luggage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Damn, she man. walked out of there with my whole luggage. It's got to be the jacket. It got to be the jacket. So this is what yeah. I want to teach guys. This is what I want to teach guys because you know how we are as men. Like we we go out, we don't get hit on like women all the time. Maybe he does, but he walk around his shirt off. But yeah. we but but we don't. Any woman show us attention, like we're going to be like all excited. Yeah. And what these guys say is a lot of scammers in Vegas. So if you guys. Any guys out there watching, you ever go to Vegas or anywhere like that, do not bring strange girls back to your room that you don't know because they're yep. scammers. A lot of them hustlers and a lot of women, you can't you can't trust them. So And men it, don't really think about it, right? Because right. men are like, yeah. How, what can they do? You know? Right, because if you got jewelry on, you got look like you got the money, they are already like scoping you out, right? Yeah. They're, they're gonna come hit on you and and if, if you're drunk or so he says sometimes they 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 poison or you know, um, you know, Minky the guys. So this is what you do. If you if you're a freak like that and you like to bring girls back to your room, I know it's gonna cost a little bit more money, but be smart. Get a dummy room, right? That you don't got none of your stuff in, and take all your stuff off. Leave it in the other room in the safe, stuff like that. Then take yeah. it to the dummy room when ain't nothing. She can't she can't rob you for nothing. Yeah, it's that's worth, it's worth a, I had worth had, a couple hundred bucks. I've right. had it happen to multiple bucks. fraternity brothers when we were in college for sure. It's like it's definitely a thing. You yeah. know, I feel like yeah. there's chicks out there that like. Just do that, right? Cardi B, Cardi B used to brag about what she used to do to men. She used to, oh really? Yeah, drug them and that's crazy. Seriously? Yeah, she bragged. It's on the internet. You can see she bragged yeah. about it. Like she, dude, she was a, she used to be a stripper and she used to rob men. Like that's a hustle for women. That's a hustle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah, I had but, no idea she damn. openly said that. Yeah, but it's it, it's it's bad for 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 me to be like getting like lap dances from a stripper like. Not in a strip club, but but I ain't married. I ain't got no 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 girlfriend. I can yeah. do what I want, basically. Yeah, exactly. But still, you know, saying it's it it's Damn. still bad karma, I guess. You know, bringing yeah. girls back to your room and stuff that you don't know. Maybe assume that there's no I think harm, the, I think right? The real like, real moral story is uh, throw that damn jacket out. Yeah, like, don't get that thing back. Get you'll get the watch back. I'm yeah, sure, yeah, man, because yeah. you got you get the serial numbers so. and all that stuff, right? But. Yeah, it might be. It might that jacket might be bad luck. Yeah, maybe it sounds like it. That bracelet, that bracelet had. I had a little bad luck with that bracelet as well. Like, um, I one time I was moving to a house. I had my my AP and my bracelet, and I told my friend, he's my childhood friend, um, and my little brother's best friend. He had just got out of prison. He was in prison for like thirty years. Yeah. And so I and I my first time seeing him in thirty years, but we grew up with him. Yeah. And I told him, hey, hold this for me, hold my jewelry, because we had movers moving into the house. I got my watch back, but he said, oh. They must have stole your bracelet. And then years later, years go by, I go to get another band for the AP. I go to LA. This guy I met on, online. Yeah. And um, I'm getting the, I'm getting the, uh, the band for the watch and everything. And I was like, hey, man, you got any braces? I'm used to wearing braces with my watch. I feel like empty at night. And he said, yeah, I got some braces. The first bracelet he showed me was mine. My braces custom made. No and as soon as I saw the bracelet, I said, bro, that's my bracelet. No way. True story. I was, he didn't believe me. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's kind of right. hard to believe, but yeah. Yeah, yeah right. It's yeah. hard to believe. So, yeah. I, so I asked him, I said, how many of those braces have you seen? He was like, I've never seen one like this ever. I said, I know, because I had it custom made. Right. And when I did the A-Team in Canada, the director had a friend. He had that bracelet. It looks like my chain I wear for a fight. I said, man, yeah. this is a sick bracelet. Let me see it. I was joking. I said, hey, can I borrow it? He was like, yeah, you can borrow it. You let me borrow it for six months. He Hell trusted yeah. me. I never wow. met the guy. He trusted me. I borrowed it for six that's months. Cool. I took it to a jeweler. had them copy it. And then next time I saw the guy. I gave it back to him, and, wow. I, and I showed him. I look, I got the same. I got the copy. Watches, was, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Watches are like the one, like kind of like materialistic luxury item that I really, really enjoy. And like you know, in our family, we like over Christmas every once in a while, you kind of do like a Rolex or something, and that's like, it's kinda, I, I don't know what it is about having 
like a nice watch that's like very i feel like it's just like a cool masculine thing to have and like you know yeah and like you said it's very sentimental like i will do my best to like never ever lose that thing but i've you know yeah life happens life happens but the weirdest thing is that when i was taking i was choosing which watch i was going to wear and i got that that watch is my favorite watch i was like i I just think like man sometimes i don't i don't want to wear it because I'd be thinking, like, what if I get robbed? Because, like, mm. L.A., like, since COVID, LA, people been yeah. getting robbed up here and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, what if I get robbed? And I was thinking that. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was sitting with this guy in Malibu the night before with a group of friends, and I just met this dude. He was, he was a super nice guy. But he had a, a – man, I forgot which watch. It was, like, half a million dollars. What? Watch, yeah, his watch, yeah. Well, yeah, I rob. I'm joking. No, hey, <laughs> no, hey, I right. won't rob. No, but, but <laughs> next day, my buddy sends, sends me a, a news article. He got robbed in in Beverly Hills for, for that watch on in the spot. Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills, oh man. My God. Just sitting there having Where lunch. in BH? Uh, one of those restaurants off near Rodeo. You know, yeah, seriously, man. Yeah, right yeah. down the street. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, half a mil just gone. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he had half a million dollar watch. He had insurance and stuff on it. I'm sure he had to have something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I tried to insure my watch on my house, and they and and uh, I don't know if they were lying to me. Now they were like, no, nah, that watch too expensive. You can't insure that. So it's not even insured. No, there's there's no way. Yeah, there's got to be something for that. There got to be some type of uh, yeah. private uh, insurance, but I, you know, I'm not balling like y'all, so I don't know. I don't know this stuff. I just like, definitely like, balling more than us, for nah, sure. Nah, y'all, y'all, got, y'all, we're in a in a what you call this a a, a studio, a, a, a mobile studio. I've never, I've never yeah. seen it. This is a genius idea. Who came up with this idea? All Brock. This, Thanks, yeah, this this thing had to cost See? like. Three million dollars. <laughs> no, I wish it did. I'll get that insured right now. You can take it off the lot, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but yeah, the the reason is too. Like we want to do podcasts all over the place, right? And you know, we have our studio at, in L.A. But when you start moving places or trying to go, we have access to all these people in different locations. We're talking about booking people, right? Yeah. If you go to Austin and you hang out with all these comedians and all these people, and you want to do podcasts on the spot, or there's events like Coachella Stagecoach, right? It doesn't make as much sense to like you know, try and find a studio or do this. If you can make a mobile parking right outside, it's nice. It's going to be what we want to do with this too. Like there's a couple of them we have uh, with the deal I did with this guy. You know, he's a, he's a really cool guy, Vince, that, that owns Conquer. Um, is convert this, man. Get rid of the bed. Like I want to keep this one for me, mm-hmm. for, for my adventures and off-road and stuff like that and, you know, writing and making films and stuff, whatever. Just have fun with this one. But turn this into a full table Four, four chairs, five chairs, whatever it is, have more space for everything. If you want to put a recording studio in here, do that. Wow, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like convert it into like a real unit that you can take anywhere and you just park that thing and well, walk on in. That's smart. What I would do is I'll yeah. keep the bed and keep this set up and I do a a, a, a podcast just for OnlyFans. I'd be having girls twerking. <laughs> And making out over there like girls going wild yeah. podcast. Girls going wild. Yeah, you asked me how much it costs to rent. Uh, now we, the number just went up. Oh <laughs> god damn it! You gotta replace the bed to, when you get out of here, bro. Oh goddamn! Spoke to you some that is so funny. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, man, like as funny as that is, that's actually not a bad idea. Hey, you hey, 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 making hey, some money with that? Hey, hey, hey! I'm full of ideas. That's what I do. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I like to create and, and we can and uh, Andrew Tate together. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I like man. I like that fun stuff. You know, have you Hell been, yeah. have you been able to take any ideas? Obviously, besides the idea of you becoming world champ and you know uh, a conqueror and taking over films and everything, have you had any ideas that you like turned into physical things or? Yeah, or? I, I got an invention that's coming out right now. Um, I I've been a lot of different things, and you know it's just hard get getting them made. But one thing that um is actually in the process of of getting made right now is um. I, I originally called it a dog food house. So 
hear me out. The, the people that 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 helping me with it, they didn't like that name, so it's called something else. But but uh, I had um, two big mastiffs, and I had a, like a little bitty dog that I still had. Two mastiffs passed away, but at the time, I got a little dog for my daughter, and I got stuck with it. And the big dogs would eat the little dog's food. And the little dog was sensitive. He couldn't eat the big dog food, or he yep. would be. I got, have dealt with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would. He would. Uh, you got a problem with that? So I only have one dog now, but oh, yeah, yeah, growing up we had multiple. So yeah. I mean, they eat each other food. Yep. Any yeah. person with multiple yeah. dogs will. Was that, yeah. ever, that ever happened with with Penny? Your dog is a Basenji, little Basenji, right? Can only eat that special food, and then you have Lando, who's a big Saint Bernard, right? Oh yeah, we yeah. we have to. You know, you got to feed separately. Yeah. You got to do different times. Yeah. So and, I'm and, interested in this idea. Yeah, and and the, and the little dog food, it was it's like um, he was because he was allergic to other stuff. It was expensive dog food, and the big mm. dog just come eat it up right, right. away. So I invented this thing where the little dog goes inside and eat, and the big dogs had the food up high, and, a, and yes. the little dog couldn't get to it until he yes. grew and he got, he got, got, mm. he could get up there. But then you can see it's harder for him to get it. But I was more worried about the big dog getting his food. Yeah. But I, so, but I, 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 it was, I had the prototype and stuff like that, and then I made it. Now I made it harder for the little dog to even go and get, get the up. big dog food. That's and, actually genius and like solves a very specific problem for pet owners. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like that. Yeah, so I, I, I showed I showed you some stuff, like that. and then so the guy loved the idea too. So he's developing me a whole dog, a pet line around just that idea, and so I'm telling him a lot more of my ideas I want to do with animals and stuff like that. And he said, "Man, um, that's a that's a big industry. The pet industry is a yeah. big industry. So massive. It's massive. So if everything go according to plan, you know, you know, I, I should be coming out with more of my ideas that I can." my creations that I can put towards like the pet industry and stuff. I, I just yeah. like, I just like yeah. inventing things. Ever since I was a kid, I invented things. I didn't know why I was like this. You know, I'm, I grew up fighting. I was a, always a good fighter. And then I always wanted to invent things. And, you know, my dad was adopted. He, my dad was a hush, hush baby. Y'all know what that mm. is? So I'm going to tell y'all a little story. My dad was a hush, hush baby, which means his mom was married to somebody else and his dad was married to somebody else. And like, my dad was born in 55. So I guess that was like the Korean war or something. Mm. So, his mom's husband was away at some war or something. I guess that was the war. And his dad was just smashing a whole lot of different chicks. And his, and and so when he was born, his mom gave him away to to his uncle before her husband came back. Oh, wow. So he never found his mom, but he knew his granddad knew who knew where he was at all time. I mean, my granddad. His dad knew where he was at all time, but he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't claim his son until his wife died. Wow. Are you guys following? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah, confusing yeah. though, right? No, but yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah. so, so, and I didn't, so he didn't know anybody. He was raised with his cousins. He thought that was his siblings until, until later. And then he found out that he, then he found out that they was his um, cousins. And, wow. and, and, and then years go by and then, you know how, you guys know how DNA work, you know. Yeah. You, a you, you're a product of your DNA. And so one of my, um, my, one of my uncles or my great uncles was an was an inventor, and the other one was a boxer. Oh wow! wow. So that DNA came it came to me oh, where I can both of it. yeah where I can invent things and and I can box. And but I guess one of my uncles had a small penis, so that <laughs> kind of got that bad. <laughs> damn, damn, it happened. I didn't so expect there. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got if oh, I say I, some serious shit, <laughs> I got I got to throw some stupid yeah, shit in there. I, I always tell everyone, you know, it's like like I'm tall, I got long hair, you know, I got I'm I'm fit, but. You know that saying that you can't have it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just joking, though. I was, yeah, I know we got some liars in here. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you mentioned a movie, The A Team. 
Yeah. Um, such a great action flick. What was that whole experience like? I mean, it's like an amazing franchise that goes all the way back. It's like, you know, big kind of reboot spectacle. Was that a fun experience? Man, that that was an experience of a lifetime. Um, I never imagined in, in a million years that um, I would um, actually get a chance to do something like that. The weird thing about me, you know, even though, like I said, I'm a fan of Mike Tyson, he's my hero and stuff like that, and I was a fan of uh, Mr. T. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the only two people that I've really been a fan of, besides, like, the Dukes of Hazzards and stuff like that, but I'm the weird type of fan where I like you, but I don't, I'm not a fanatic. Yeah. And, but 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 with Mr. T and the A-Team, I used to really love that show, and, and that's why I really learned the power of manifestation because I really wanted to do that. When I first started acting, the the, the people that was helping me and managing me, they said, all right, what type, what type of movies do you want to do? I said, look, I'm a novelty actor. I'm not really... What you call an actor, you know what I'm saying? But if they ever do an A team movie, hit me up, hmm. and then I just put it out there in the universe, yeah. and he came. Uh, John Singleton was supposed to be the um, director. Really? Yeah, John Singleton was supposed to be the director. So I met with John Singleton, and he liked me. He said, "Look, I like you for this role, but you gotta you gotta learn how to act." Mm. I didn't know how to act. He yeah, said, yeah. "You got it." So he helped me find some acting coaches and the same one that worked with Ice Cube and stuff. But I I, I couldn't learn from them. Long story short. What helped me get that role is every every black athlete, actor, everybody wanted to play that role. Yeah. Everybody. People that wasn't yeah. even an actor wanted to play that role. And um what what helped me get that role is that John Singleton, before he 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 didn't want to do the project after he found out the the director. That's a whole nother story. He 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 backed out. But before he did that, he told me what they was looking for. And they wasn't looking for another Mr. T. Mm. And that's why I had the advantage. Everybody uh, went into the auditions, mm. coming dressed Trying like Mr. Be. T with the mohawk, with the chains, dressed like even Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent hate my guts to this day because <laughs> I got the role. Got that, yeah. He hate my guts to this day. So I oh, knew, man. I knew they was looking for B. A. Barakas. So I came into the audition with Joe Carnahan the first time he met me. He 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 watched MMA, so he he knew who I was, yeah. but he had never met me. But I came to the audition dressed like B. A. Barakas. Not wow. Mr. T. Right. So Mr. T. The only one who did that, huh? Yeah. Mr. T yeah. played B.A. Barakas. So so the, the role was so iconic that everybody thought that the character name was Mr. T. They knew B.A. Barakas. They heard the name, but everybody just associated with Mr. T. And, and even, even me, you know. Yeah. That's how, icon- that's how iconic this guy is. Yeah. But I knew they was looking for B.A. Barakas. And that's what got me the role. Then when I then when I got the role, it was hard. getting. I had to do a bunch of auditions. And I got there. And I met Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper. I had already done a movie with Bradley Cooper. I didn't. I didn't meet him on the first one, and then I met Shalto Copley, uh, and he was a guy from District Nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh my yep. God! All those people was cool. Then I met Jessica Biel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Met Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. And and I worked with those guys. I learned so much just by being around. I learned the most from Liam. Liam Neeson. Really? Dude, he's such a yeah. legend, man. He's a I'm legend. so jealous. Yeah. Oh man, Liam is one of the coolest guys you ever want to fucking meet, man. He took me up on his wing. He liked me. And man, I'm trying to tell y'all, Liam is cool as fuck. I don't give a fuck what people say about Liam because I heard some bullshit went around because he said some he said some stuff that people try to cancel him. Oh really? Yeah, he said some shit. He said some shit a couple years ago. I don't know. He he did like an interview. He he said some shit because one of his friends got got raped or beat up by some black pe- dude or something. Oh, and he no. kind of said something how he feeling. I'm telling you, I know Liam Neeson on a personal level. He's one of the coolest motherfuckers in in Hollywood. Dude, yeah, that's cool. I learned a, I yeah. learned a lot from that guy. Like we we're we're still friends to this day. Everybody 
from the movie where like, we still cool with and 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 I still kick it with the director Joe Cunningham. He's one of the funniest yeah. guys. Man, it was an awesome experience, bro. That's, That's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah, that insider info, right, can be like super crucial. I mean, you've done so many auditions too, and yeah, done all that. But it's yeah, it's also too. I've seen so many where it's uh, you know, you go in and you just do something completely different. Something that like they sometimes they aren't even looking for, right? But it's so different. It stands out. They're like, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, that's what we want. You just showed us what we wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so it's just about just being. It's bring, dude. Bringing it your own way. You can play the character close to that, and now you got to think like everyone's going to do that. Maybe people are going to be a little better, a little worse, whatever. But if you bring your own spin, dude, yeah, yeah at least at least you're swinging for the fences, man. And you got to be confident, though. I suck at auditions, yeah. you know. I hate them too, bro. I suck I at it's in, per, been in person. Yeah, in person, I hate them. I hate I hate auditions. I couldn't yeah. even imagine doing one. Like I'm on the other side as a producer. I'm like, I too nervous. Can Can you believe that I get more nervous for auditions than I do for fights? That's like a really wild. interesting yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah it's, it's crazy and when you go to do auditions for me for me everything is real for me it has to be real like if you ever come to the gym and watch me train sparring before a fight people are like how in the fuck was he ever champion how how is he this because i get my ass kicked out in the gym and it's, mm. and it's not for me it's not real it's but but when i act and when it's real it's like when i say actually i don't have to be no method i don't have to get my mind so and when they say action and it's, then it's real, okay, it's a snap, okay, boom, yeah. it's real. I can, I can be. But when you go to audition, the the the, the, the casting director, whoever it is, they sitting there reading reading the lines, and you yeah. got to act off them. And I have no energy from them. Yeah, like, they're just reading the lines, and then I have to perform, and it's not real. And so I, I've only gotten two auditions. That the eighteen one and the um, and the, don't laugh at the name of this movie. <laughs> Listen. Don't laugh at when I say the name right. of this movie, y'all better not laugh. Yeah, no, no laughing, bro. Okay. Midnight Meat Train. Good time. You you, you film that you filmed that in a trailer like this? Bro? Yeah. It was filmed in a train. In a train. Oh. That makes a sense. Sub, that makes a, a lot more sense. A sub a subway. Subway. Real dark, confined. Tight it was with it was with Vinnie Jones and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, hell, it, no, it was awesome. a it was a A movie. I remember the movie for sure. Hell it yeah. was a it was a, it was it was. A, you said you wasn't going to laugh. I'm laughing at that, bro. I'm laughing at something else. You're like, a, yeah, I saw. Something I think I, I think no, I I think you're laughing at me, bro. No, I saw some someone out out the window over there, bro. Really? It was an A movie. It, 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 I know it sounded like a porno. It was an A movie. They had a they had Vinnie Jones in there, bro. I don't think it sounds like a porno. I think there is a yeah. porno named the the Midnight Me Train. Same like the same name uh to, okay to my <laughs> to my defense is a japanese director and when he told me the name of the movie i was like that's amazing i was like bro uh, i know you japanese because you know i know a little bit about japanese culture because i married oh, sure. one yeah, and yeah. i was out there and i told him like bro you you really want to name that he's like yeah so he's like yeah he had a little japanese accent that i'm not going to try to do he's like yeah that's that's a it's a good name i was like then I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, who am I at this time? That was yeah. like one of my, that was my first biggest. I'm like, who am I to like question the name of a movie and stuff like yeah. that? But, yeah, it's not. But I've auditioned for a lot of other movies and I didn't get it. Like I, 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 I was going to audition for uh, Horrible Bosses. Oh yeah, but, yeah. but I, I, I decided not to audition for Horrible Bosses because the character that they want me to play, you know, the, the Jamie Foxx character. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and when y'all saw the character, it was called Motherfucker Jones. Oh yeah. But when I was auditioning, his name's Cocksucker Jones. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
I, I, I didn't Yo, have that. That messes me up when they do that, man. And like I've I've had some auditions where I've like I straight up I was like I'm not doing this. I can't do this audition because of the the shit that I'm seeing right here. That's <laughs> cocksucker Jones. I was like, come on. I'm like, are y'all kidding? And my that's, manager at the time tough. was really mad at me because he said, man, look, this is gonna be a big movie. Going to yeah. be a blah blah blah. I'm like, bro, I can go audition for this shit. Yeah, but it's a good chance I wasn't gonna get it. But he said, no, but you are exactly what they're looking for. You exactly yeah. what they're looking for. And yeah. I can't remember if it was before 18 or out. I can't for, remember. We're looking for a real After, cocksucker. I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah. I'm like yeah. I ain't playing no Yo, motherfucker. Choose, I don't choose your to... word incorrect, like, like, wisely when you say I'm exactly what they're looking right. for. When I'm looking for, when they're looking for a cocksucker Jones. What do you, no, mean? No, what do you no. mean, bro? No, no, let me explain myself then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm explaining myself because they were looking for, like, a yeah. dude, like, a, like, a, like a ex-convent looking, like, prison. Like yeah, a badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah, but Just evidently, funny name, funny yeah, name. yeah, but evidently that character was sucking cock in prison or something, I guess. I don't know. But I didn't have the power to, to yeah. change the name. Jamie Foxx did. So, wow. so he called it, he called the character Motherfucker yeah. Jones. And then they explained how he got the name. Interesting. Yeah, so y'all yeah. remember that part of the movie. So. Yeah, yeah that's actually are, some cool like insider info on like yeah. the character. But sometimes name that's how it goes too. Like you, you be midway through through a production, and you know they do change a name or they change a scene, they change the entire story. Oh yeah. Way. You know it's like, um, but sometimes star power helps do that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. have star. Power. I, I auditioned yeah. for um, Pain and Gain. Oh, oh yeah. did you? Yeah, yeah with um, Michael Bay. Yeah. yeah, Wahlberg, The Rock. The Rock, yeah. Bro, I was so confused with them because I thought I did good in it, and they gave me hugs and stuff. I never had hugs at the end of an audition. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I guess they felt bad for me or something because, I don't know, I didn't get the part. And then I You would have been great for that movie. That yeah. Was just, yeah. I, I auditioned for yeah. Michael Bay again with, um, what's what's the, the the latest Ninja Turtle ones he did with Bebop and Rocksteady? Oh, yeah. 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 Didn't yeah. get that shit either. I'm like, oh, man. See, yep. I've had my manager trying to explain it early on in my uh, when I started was sometimes you're auditioning and they're not even auditioning you for that that role and a lot of times obviously you're going out for a certain role for a movie or whatever it is yes it is that but a lot of times like you go in and you do that role you do that audition and but it, it sticks with them or they see you or you get you're getting fresh in their mind and then another movie comes along or another movie or even a bigger movie or something comes along and then they're like okay we want you for that so that does happen too you know yeah. But I like I'm, dude. I've been so close to all, so many of those man. Where it's like the producers are like like I just I just had that on a big, a really big show recently. Actually, it was like down to me and one other dude. It's one of the biggest shows on TV right now, actually. Yeah. And and all the producers like um, at least two thirds of them wanted me, and it was kind of like down to this decision with the director. And the director goes, "I'll take the seven foot guy instead of me." I'm like, "So aren't you seven foot? I'm six seven. Yeah, you I should have put some damn boots on. Yeah, or you should have put some boots yeah, on. Yeah, but it's sometimes it's just that it's just one decision, one it person. It can be the and, smallest and, and, thing, and it's not even. It's just out of, sometimes out of your control, man. Yeah. yeah, but which is why, like, you know, even with us making this comic book, right? We want to go live action with it. We want to. Oh, yeah. We want to turn it into a show. We want to do you know animated stuff. We want to do all kinds of different stuff with it. But we're premiering an animated trailer. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow on the main stage here. Yeah, oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, I'll show it to you. It's really Yeah, yeah, cool. I want to see it. Yeah, I like yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, it's fun, man. But it, but that's where I'm at now too with it. It's like movies, TV. Yeah, I love film, I love TV. Will who's got a production company too, Double Down Pictures. Um I've gotten to the point now where I'm like I just want to make stuff. I, I that's what, you know that, what that's I mean? what that's what I'm I'm trying to make this um one show that I created and uh, I told it to my manager Nate trying to get it get it going right now. We um they, in the beginning stage of production, it, it's fun. I like I like creating stuff, and I have a couple of ideas. And um, I got an idea for a show that I want to do that I want to do in Vegas because I got robbed. I want you know I like cops. 
Yeah. I want to do an undercover show, uh, busting those damn shady-ass stripper bitches. Yo. You, those I'd watch that. reality shows watch that. are massive, by the way. Yeah. Like, that, I could literally see that being, like, huge. Yeah. Especially in Vegas, too. In Vegas. Netflix yeah. has reignited a lot of reality TV. Like, yeah. reality's kind of making a comeback. It's and, and It never really left, actually. It's just... <laughs> It's kind of getting a little big. It's on an upswing, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't see it being a big budget either. No, all you need is some no, bunch not of, at all. Bunch of fake jewelry. You got a couple of guys hanging out, and then, then hear me out. You can you can always have like a um, a couple of like B and C lister uh, celebrities. I, I know a lot of fighters and different yeah. people, and we just go and just be act like we the marks and the girls that try to, sh- you know, we set them up and we do the detective work and, and follow. Them. We got trackers and everything. Boom, we got a show. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I'm I'm in. All right, if you want me involved, I'm in. Yeah, man. yeah. Are we? Are we, we know the formula works, man. Cops has been going for out who knows how long, man. Yeah, like yeah. fifty years. Yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be kind of like cops, but yeah, we just busting like shady motherfuckers that be robbing, and then it makes it it it, call, it, it serves a purpose. It make it make uh Vegas um safer for people losing a whole bunch of shit. Yep. And yep. then once the show get out and girls to think twice, like. This I don't want to be, be on that show. Yeah, this could be a yeah. setup. It, it's like um, what Nightline did with To Catch a Predator, right? It's like to catch a stripper. Yeah, yeah. to catch a stripper. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> hey, that's the same thing. I that's when I explained. Okay, one of my friends had the idea. The guy that was helping me try and get my stuff back, he had the idea. I said, "Man, bro, that's a great idea." And he told the detectives, "He's like, he's like, bro, this shit happens daily." He said, "This shit would be like fishing, catching fish in a barrel." Yeah, dude, one hundred percent. Yeah. Dude, I like this. You like that? We're creating. That's that's what I like to do. I would be remiss if I didn't ask about getting the um, title from Chuck Liddell. What'd you want to know? Basically, what went into that fight and how good did it feel to like just that moment in that moment? If I'm going to be 100% honest with you, um, I love Chuck Liddell. Uh, Him and I have a great relationship. Uh, he's one of the he's one of the the fighters that I respect the most. Him and Kevin Randleman. I respect any guy to get in there, but I had already fought Chuck Liddell mm-hmm. in Japan. I had already beat him, so it was no doubt in my mind. As soon as the UFC signed me to that fight, that I was going to be champion. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, even before I stepped in that cage, I was already champion. That, that belt was mine. So, so when I actually got the belt, I didn't feel. Any more superior or any better or anything? I had already knew I was champion. Soon the UFC signed that fight to me. I just knew there was no way Chuck was going to beat me. Mm-hmm. I actually felt bad for Chuck mm. because yeah. uh, only the hardcore MMA fans knew me, and um, no, so so it's like the, the the MMA fans wasn't ready for 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 me. They wasn't they, they it made Chuck look bad like some unknown guy came. And, and and beat Chuck. If you guys remember, Chuck was on terror at that time. He was raining. He oh, yeah. he was he was he was um on a mission to to avenge all his losses. And I was the last person that beat him that he had to rematch and, and get that back. And so I, I honestly felt felt bad for Chuck that, that I beat him and no one knew who I was. I, I actually told the UFC I like, no, like let me get a couple of fights in where 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 um people know me. And, and I, I felt like they were like, no, you could, you could lose, yeah. And then that fight wouldn't be as, as big, big, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, so, so that was my second fight in the UFC. 
My, That's crazy. Yeah, my first fight was against um, Marvin Eastman. He's yeah. he was actually the first guy that beat me, and then that was a rematch for me. That was a gift to me because UFC bought my contract from another organization just so I could fight Chuck. Wow. But if I would have told the UFC, yeah, yeah, give me Chuck, they probably wouldn't have gave him to me right away. Mm-hmm. So, so did the one to get to Chuck and, and yeah, and that, yeah. And so it, it felt good to finally be like a champion and stuff like that. I'm not going to dismiss that feeling. It felt good to finally be a champion and stuff like that. But I, I was already in that champion mindset, like even when I was training for, for the fight and training camp. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I trained like I was a champion. Yeah. I trained like I already had to build everything there, but it's like I actually felt bad. I was like, oh, you know, I hope Chuck can come back from this and, yeah. and stuff like that. Then not, and he didn't. Yeah, he, yeah. He, it was like a spiral. Yeah. But that was that, I mean, to me, what that sounds like already, too, though, is. Uh, that power of manifesting that you have, you know? That's like, what I was like, thinking, too. It's like you're already in it, and you see it, and it is, it's already exists in your mind, right? So you went and stepped in. And, and I love Chuck, too, man. Chuck's a friend, too, man. He's a, he's a really, really good dude, man. And what he did for that sport, too, put it on the map, really. Yeah. Like, and he really just pioneered it, man. He's like, he's, in my head, you know, obviously in a much different way, but, like, it, it reminds me of, like, Hulk Hogan with WWE, yeah. or with wrestling in general. Um, but just, like, yeah, for you to come in and do that, man, it was like, it was such a... Uh, massive moment too you know and it's it's cool to see because i mean that sport dude anybody that walks in there in my head if you got the balls to walk in there you're a fucking badass dude and yeah. and you get you you're a different beast you know yeah because you're not just going to fight somebody on the street or you know somebody that might not have very much skill you don't know what you're walking into you, you when you walk in there you know this dude's training just as hard as you you know and you in know multiple you're training. Yeah. yeah yeah really anything could happen which 
Reminds me of uh, uh, your buddy, who, the energy drink, F3, right? Who, yeah. who has the, who's doing the other uh, MMA. Yeah, uh, Harrison league. Rogers. Harrison Rogers. Uh, I didn't hear you mention uh, dental in that. You know, why isn't he doing dental? That sounds like it should be something to be easy fit for you. Oh, wow. You say, <laughs> you say well, he, he gives you uh, uh, benefits, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. dental in there? I don't know if dental, but he gives you. Um, I'm just thinking people getting punched in the mouth. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. I think he give, he gives you uh, health insurance. I'm not sure if that, that's include dental. Yeah, I because I didn't, I didn't get I'm the benefits. It was just yeah, a yeah. joke. But yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't get the benefits though, because I, yeah. I, I um, don't fight. I didn't fight for him. But my, my son, my son got it. My son got shares, and a lot of people got shares. And my son, he's. I love my son. I love my son more. Than I love myself. My son's a fucking idiot, because it was his <laughs> That's first real, real love right there. Oh yeah, I keep real. Sure. I keep yeah, real yeah, even yeah. with my own family. I keep yeah. real like anything. I just, I just, just how I am. My son, that was his first professional fight, and he was complaining that he only made like fifteen hundred dollars. But he got like a thousand shares in the company, and uh, my first professional oh, wow. fight only made five hundred dollars. No shares. And with no shares. And yeah. I told my son, I said, "Son, do you know, do you understand what these shares are?" Yeah. And he was like, "No, I don't understand." I said, "Listen, if this company does well, if it makes X amount of money, if it does this, your first professional fight, your your purse would have been like up, upwards of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Mm. That's unheard of, son. And but he was complaining about his purse to other people, and they got back to me. Nah. And I was trying to explain to him, like, yeah, like son, like, you, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. it's and that's over the past you know decade, especially I think like moving into the the entrepreneur mindset too. Like when you dive into business and realizing what a share is and being a part of a company, you know, like I've got so many friends that even energy drinks, for example, um, they get in early, energy drink company blows up the billions they're walking away with millions yeah when really the the initial deal if it was a cash deal you maybe would have made if you're lucky a couple hundred grand you know if that was the deal and then um, no long term no long term yeah. nothing after that you know and yeah. so yeah man like that's that's that is a really unique really cool way to uh get people on board and and also like you said it'll make you want to invest in it you know? right right man yeah. you feel like you you're investing in, in yourself as well so it was genius i was wondering why he was doing it because I was like, no one else has done this. Then, then yeah. it, I asked him, I said, why are you giving so many shares? Well, why are you doing it? He said, he said, because you know, I'm not in this to make a whole bunch of money. He said, I, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm, I'm successful. And it's like, you know, I could tell, you can tell by the way he dressed and everything. He's, he's not a flashy guy. He said, yeah. I don't care. I don't care about uh, being the richest guy in the world. Like what I want to do is I want to leave my, my footprint on this, on this earth and say that, yeah. oh, I, I, I changed something. So he doing it for a cause, for a purpose, which yeah. which is more noble. I'm like, oh wow! That, he said, and if I give people um, shares in a company, say say if it, he said, I don't know, but I'm betting on it doing well. Say if it does well. Say if this company does well, and then everybody that's involved, they they eat too. They you know yeah. they can be well. They can do successful, and they can be su- su- successful. And he said, that's that's what I want to do. And, and, and he told he told me a, a good saying. He was like. If your friend is a millionaire and he's not trying to help you become a millionaire too, mm. he's not your friend. Damn. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, man, that's a hundred percent facts because yeah. Hell yeah. Because I, I I've tried to teach my family about the, the power of manifestation and stuff like that, that that changed my life. Like I can do better with it. I can practice it be- and do better with it. But at least I at least I I know it. Like whenever my family um Ask me for anything because the main reason why I started fighting is to help my family because my family, you know, we grew up poor and stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to name off the stuff I do because the stuff I do, I do it to do it, not to, you know, get notification from it. 
like philanthropy stuff. Yeah, yeah I yeah. never, I never name off the stuff I do, but that's the reason why I become, I wanted, I wanted to be a fighter so I can help my family. That's, yeah, I can say that's my, that's my, my number one charity, and 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 sometimes I feel like it's a crutch. Yeah, cause they just, they can just come ask me and they know how I am. If I got it, I give it to them, and I'm like, listen, I, I come from the same place you came from. Like, if I did it. You can do better than you can do better. All you gotta do is figure out your skill, your hustle. Everything's a hustle. Wherever you're good at, you just put your mind to it, and you can become successful at it. Yeah. Yep. And there's different levels of success. Yep. You know what G- I'm saying? Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man a fish, he eats the rest of his life. That's I, true. I was talking at the career club of my high school on like a Zoom panel, and um, you know, one of the big takeaways was essentially like, learn a skill in something you're passionate about early like in high school like you are or even college and like that you can live off that for the rest of your life yeah. right like yeah. whatever it may be um yeah whatever money or or things or you know material items or whatever it is you give to your family or to anybody really um that doesn't have longevity what you what you teach them what you leave with them um and and that mindset was what changes people man yeah, yeah. i agree yeah. i agree 100 percent. and now that i'm talking to you guys about it i'm so I realized, damn, I was stronger with manifestation back in the day. I, I manifested myself like uh, cars, like materialistic stuff, a lot of stuff, you know. And it, and it was it came to me easy. And, and then I, I and for, when I lost my belt, I, you know, I kind of got away from it. But then cause it, it was scary because uh, when I lost my belt to Forrest Griffin, I felt like I really did win that fight. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the, but at the end of the day, I started thinking about it. And I started questioning myself because I, I, I kind of know how. I kind of know how it worked a little bit, and I thought about it. I said, "I, I, I manifested myself to lose." Really? Yeah, you gotta oh. be careful. I did because at the time I had this manager. I'm not gonna say his name, and he, I, I didn't trust him anymore. And he, I heard him say in the interview, "If Rampage loses this fight, I'm retiring." And I kind of wanted, I kind of, I didn't want, wow. I, I didn't want to be with him. Oh, I was trying shit. to fire him a couple of times, yeah. and he would pull on the hard strings. And I was like, ah, yeah. and I want, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want him managing me anymore. So in the back of my mind, yeah, I did kind of want to lose that fight, but right. I, I really didn't want to lose my belt. Yeah, but I did want to lose that fight, right? And so once that happened to me, I got all fucked up, and I got away from manifestation, and and I I, I didn't practice it as much anymore. So now, recently, I just started back manifesting yeah. and practicing then here I go I get robbed and I thought about that and and, and somebody told me that, oh, they had a dream that I got robbed in, in Vegas so it was like it's yeah. like stuff that's meant to, meant to be and I and I quit drinking behind it and now I got the uh, idea for this TV show that I really think was going to be very successful I yeah. think it will yeah, be yeah. behind it so now yeah. I'm sitting here talking to you guys and I'm thinking even if you guys are serious or not serious about the show because I that's something that Dude. I'm serious about that I'm going to yeah. I'm going to go and do it I need to manifest myself a bunch of bitches well, you know, when, when you got a successful TV show, I'm sure that'll help, you know? Oh, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, did, uh, where did Rampage come from? My cousin gave me that nickname when I was eight years old because I used to play that, um, that video game, Rampage. Yeah, I love that. Nice. Yeah, and then um, and my, I got this cousin that named me. He, he, you, know, you know how kids are. They, they're, they're, really, they're really mean. They used to tease me, um, and, and um, I used to go crazy and like beat them up and stuff and them and my, my siblings and then I used to get in trouble for beating them all up and fighting them and uh and my mom you know got got me from doing that so I 
I used to punch holes in the walls and stuff. Oh, and, damn. Yeah. And punch holes in the doors and stuff. And they were like, man, you just like that video game. Yeah, Rampage. They, yeah, Rampage. Yeah. And it stuck with me. And then when I was like 14 years old, I, I tattooed it on this arm. This is a cover-up. Oh, wow. I did it like prison style, the, the needle and thread, the Indian ink. I did it. You can barely see the R right there, and it goes all the way down here. That's why I had to get this tattooed. It meshed over it perfectly. And um, it was a, this is a cover I tattooed on my arm. And then it stuck with me when I put it on my arm. It was like the worst prison tattoo you ever want to see. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, okay. It was the worst one. You do it so, so ghetto. And as soon as I, as soon as I turned pro, I, I think I had one amateur, a pro fight with it. Well, where you can see the tattoo. And then I thought, I was like, man, I can't be. You covered up. I had a, I was, it was so embarrassing. So yeah, I, yeah. I got but, it. I mean, the cover-up looks good. I've always wondered, like, if I, if I wanted to cover any of them, like, what it would look like but it looks great. oh man when yeah. i first got it, it people thought that it was like a, a stamp because the guy covered up it was raised it was super oh, dark sure. i got it done in temecula up and stuff. years ago really yeah interesting yeah. Hell yeah. I, got, I, got, I used to uh live in orange county and i had a buddy that lived close to you and i remember I'd, we would drive to his house and i would see the a-team van out front man oh uh, for real which, yeah. which which city was this one was, uh ladera Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I used to say, I was like, damn, that's so cool, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was like back as well. Yeah, back. I love that man. My dad yeah. bullied me and for and he and he got it and I gotta get it back from him. He don't take care of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hell oh, yeah, man. man, dude. This was an absolute blast. Yeah. Thank you for thank you guys for inviting me on and and dude. you guys turned out to be super cool. I thought you guys were too douches because y'all y'all good handsome men. You know whenever you meet handsome men, you guys are always stuck up. But you guys yeah, are yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I honestly really appreciate that. Actually, I'm just yeah. happy to get out of here without getting punched in the face. So yeah. it's cool, man. Yeah. Hey, it ain't over yet. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Studio Twenty Two. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.